Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's a Tuesday. It's snowy. This is the second recording for the day. We've got a real cool guest on the other side of our Zoom. Uh, we've done how many, how many times have we done? How many? How many? How many, how many times have we what? How many times have uh, Sue been on? I mean, first she put up two fingers, then she put up three fingers, then she put up four fingers. Then Are she any up- of them your middle? How about that? <laughs> Well, to be fair, <laughs> the very the first time we met Sue was at a podcast recording. We drove to her home in London. Yeah. Uh, we recorded in the great room. Yes. Um, I think this was like not quite when your renos were finished. You were still in them, but they like the house was pretty much done. There was just some some things to do. I mean, her face right now is like, please don't bring me back to the time of renovations. That was the worst time in my Scraping life. Scraping gum off Sorry. the floor. I, I remember talking about that. But yeah, we we met her there. We had her on another time. There was actually one time she was came in here to yeah. record, but we didn't actually release an episode. The three of I us did sat clips here. Of that. We, called it, we called it Bits and Bites with yeah, Sue. Yeah, the like three of us sat here and literally just talked about random stuff and life i think we were all stoned i don't know about that (laughs) um but that yeah that never (laughs) went out as an episode that was like uh just a random conversation and we decided to record it um which is kind of what just happened like we did actually plan to have sue on an episode today to talk about one topic which i'm not going to bring up right now because we haven't decided if it's going to come out but in us just catching up after years of not really like spending much time together, which I mean, I'm kind of sad about because there was a time where Sue was um, planning to make Mark and I her neighbors in London. And that obviously didn't plan out pan out because here we are in Toronto still. Yep. Um, but while we were just talking, Sue was like, guys, can you hit record? Like, this is good stuff. So I think we're just going to talk. Let's see if this becomes an you know, episode. It's like a thing we never moved anywhere too, because in in that time, my father's health deteriorated really bad, and then I was yeah. getting phone calls from my mother at like five o'clock in the morning saying, mm-hmm. "Can you come here now? Your father's on the floor, and I can't get him up, and he's been lying on the floor for two hours because I can't get him up." Yeah. So it's probably a good thing that we stayed within uh, five minutes of the old folks' house. Yeah, Sue's face is like, "Yep, yep, yep." Yeah, yeah. Um. Because you had that experience, Sue, didn't you? Of like caring for an elderly parent, and that's a lot. That's part of why I didn't want to leave. I was far away. I was two hours away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's oh my gosh, torture. I have so much to say. Is that my? Are you guys done with my intro? Can I start talking? <laughs> yeah, you can do whatever you want. It's your world. I just live in it. Exactly. Go ahead, Sue. Welcome back. I was like bursting with everything that you were saying. Uh, thank you for having me back. Uh, I feel like. We have been through so much together, but we haven't been connected recently. And so I'm when Mark asked me to come back on the show, I was like, oh, yes, mm-hmm. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. But um, yeah, it's it's just great to be back. And you guys are awesome. And I have so much that I want to share about podcasting and massage and how this has all changed it's just all changed since we first met, right? I to know. Now. I know. Well, okay, so... You said that and sounded sad, but I know. No, not in a bad way. Okay, Things okay, have okay. changed in a very good way. Like, cool. Sue and I were just talking off mic about, like, what our words for, you know, because everyone has, like, a word for 2024, and I've just been feeling wiener. really, really pumped. Like, please, don't not, wiener, wiener. please don't make your word wiener. Please don't make your word wiener. 
<laughs> I have been feeling the end of 2023. I don't know. I think I went into kind of like this rut. I was watching, you know, we were talking about like expenses and mortgages and like the end of 2023, I was spiraling. Like everything is getting so expensive. The kids have this new activity. This is happening. This is happening. Then Christmas came. My 40th birthday is in a few weeks. See, I didn't know if you know that. I'm joining the 40 Club and I'm planning this elaborate party and like all this stuff. You're is, invited. You're, you're invited. invited, of course. Yeah. So all of these things were going on and I was like literally just watching my money say bye and all of a sudden I snapped out of it and I was like, why am I upset? That The money needed to go to those places. Those things have been paid for and so I decided my word for 2024 is money because all of that and Nikki then some is coming up, back yes it's all, it all of that and then some is coming back to me she got a like little i am i am no longer going to spiral and i can't even um i can't believe i allowed myself to do that though but like that's also a good reminder that even if you're somebody that knows better you can still find yourself spiraling into these negative thought patterns and suddenly you're like how did i get here yeah. but i'm back baby money yes yes, yes. Mm. amanda oh my gosh i'm so glad you said that and you look back at your old self sometimes and you're like what a waste of energy of me like worrying about it right yeah. so the only thing that matters is right now and those intentions are electric going into next year are you a fire sign i'm not actually i'm an air sign i breathe life life into you fuckers but what's your moon sign oh i don't know how to do that if you know how to do that you can teach me i'm i'm not crunchy i'm crispy so like i understand some things when it comes to astrology but not all you know i just heard that term by the way and i'm now obsessed with it there's like the crunchy people who like everything is all natural and everything is you know like and then there's crispy which is me where like on one hand i won't use like toxic skincare products but like on the other hand i'll take an advil if my endometriosis pain is attacking i don't understand these (laughs) fucking hippie words i don't get it i'm crispy anyway yeah teach me teach me how to figure out what what signs are i have no idea when's your actual birthday february 9th do you need the year well you know that now because i'm turning 40 it's february 9th yeah 1984 good year yeah van halen good album I believe you. Mm. Yeah. And then what city were you born in? Toronto. 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 And then do you know what time of day you were born? 7.07 a.m., my dear. And we'll look it up right now. Ah, yay. This is like exciting. There's some, there's some hardcore calculation happening right now. <laughs> no, I'll just do it in the background. But you can keep talking. Let's go. Yeah, okay. She's gonna so, do what are we going to wrap about today? I mean, like, I don't even know what I talked about before. Well, that's I was going to do like a quick little Coles notes about like what we had learned about you in the past. So when we met Sue, she was inactive, I think. Sorry. Yeah. You were inactive when we met. Yes. But she yeah. was the fascial person like she was the person everyone's that belly. would teach you how to get in your belly and deal with your fascial system and like she's right now like doing the like praise hands because um she even did i think i think you were involved in i don't know if it was the charity was the conference charity. yeah yes it was we hosted a charity conference during the pandemic when everybody was stuck in their homes it was like 20 dollars, and you got like you know 12 hours of education and you actually hosted like a one hour on like how to do like fascial techniques in your own abdomen or something it was really cool um mm-hmm. so you were the fascial person And then at some point, Sue went inactive and started creating space for other people to 
go after what they want and be creative. And she's like written books. She's co-authored books. She's been into like, um, she does podcasting. She's editing podcasts. Like you have done so many different things. Um, some of them in the realm of what we do, some of them well beyond what I could even fathom doing. Like her and I had a discussion when she was doing um, this collaborative book. She said, maybe you want to be a contributor. We talked for a few minutes and I was like, wow, no, this is not me. But like, cool. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> but no. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, when uh, Mark asked her to come back on, it was like she, I guess, said to him, like, everything's changing again. Like, we've only known each other since, what, 2018, 2019. And your life seems to constantly be taking like a quick tangent, but always somehow like in this therapy slash supportive slash creative realm, like you somehow keep all of your, your skill set, but then build on them and do different things. And now possibly you're coming back to massage. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a really good summary. I tried. Do these things feel like a reinvention or do these things feel like I'm just stacking Lego blocks onto the foundation? Uh, now I would say it's kind of like Lego, but um, you met me when everything in my life changed. So before 2018, I actually felt really stale in my career. Like I had been a massage therapist for what, 12, 13 years. I don't even know how many, but it was, it was just, it was still good. I love, I love the skill of myofascial release. It is. Yeah. I'm excited to get back and work on uh, clients again um, in some capacity, but I was, I was feeling bored. And so that's actually when I met you and Mark taught taught me a lot about podcasting when I knew nothing. Oh yeah, I remember that. Like Mark, you were so great because I remember being so scared and um I just fell in love with podcasting and the back end of it all. And uh now yeah, I'm editing is a big is a big revenue stream for me. I have multiple revenue streams. Um because I did, I just I just started pursuing things on a gut instinct, right? Like writing my first collaborative book, it was just some Sarah Swain posted that she's writing this book and looking for authors. And I was just like, yes. And I just did it. And then now this year I learned how to typeset books. Mm. So now Amanda, if you want to write your book, (laughs) you write it and I can actually make it into a book for you and we can sell it. And if anyone even wants to make like a journal and sell it on Amazon, like those types of things, like I know how to do that now, like the back end. Cool. So um, anyways, I think from 2018 to now has been like this huge transformation, good and bad, right? Like there's always that contrast of you got to go through like the shit to yeah. get to the sunshine and rainbows. But um I feel very solid now in uh, my skills and what I want to keep going with and why not, you know, our license come, come back active in January if you decide to. And so now that that's going to be a thing to add. So, um, and amongst that, um, I am writing my solo book right now. Um, I experienced a lot of loss. So like when I wanted to talk to you guys before starting, I was like, I've, I'm a completely different person than when you met me. Like, I feel like I've 
experienced this like level of sadness that I've never experienced in my life. But then also that level of joy that I've never experienced in my life. And it's just like that huge spectrum. And uh, today I feel great. (laughs) I cried a lot on Christmas. I think I cried more this Christmas than I've ever cried on Christmas in my whole life. Like just the sadness. Is it something that is it are there are there components to the sadness for you that the majority of people they would feel sadness? Yeah, death. Hmm. Like, want, want to talk about it? People that I love are not with me on the earth anymore. They're with me, but they're not in physical form. It's weird, eh? It's it's weird, yeah. Did you ever go through a point of, I don't even fucking understand what this whole thing's about anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I still go through that. Since my father passed, It's I had a really really fucking shitty 2023 it was really bad it was really bad it was it was hard and i'd never thought it would have been so hard i find myself like just crying fucking out of nowhere yeah i listen to certain songs like daily on repeat it's it was it's a it's a tough go and I don't know if I get it all. <laughs> I don't know if I get any of it. And it really just makes me think, what the fuck? This all is kind of pointless. But then it's not. But then it is. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm all over the map when it, comes to, when it comes to this. Can I ask you a question, Sue? Yeah. Well, f- actually, there's like three no, parts to this question. Yeah. First is prior to what you just went through. Like you said, between 2018 and now, you've experienced the levels of sadness you never, like, imagined prior to that had you ever had had you ever lost anybody really close to you or was this the first time experiencing like such a huge loss uh this this these two people my mom and my friend amber all within a year uh, along with my dog too Mm. um and jared's nana all all within a year that's i mean yeah so no, no, I've never, I've never experienced this. Like there has been death in my family and like my, you know, friends and stuff, but um, actually not really friends. I don't know. So this, this was very different. I mean, not only because these were people that were really like, you know, we're talking about a parent, obviously, like if you haven't lost a parent, you can't even like imagine that feeling, but then a close friend, which that really messes with your mind too. Like I did lose a close friend really young and it was so fucking weird to think like somebody so young is just like not here. It was so weird. But when Mark is talking about like not understanding, um, like not understanding any of it anymore, like well-meaning people, I assume, would try to comfort you. Were was there was there something you were tired of hearing, or was there something that you wish people would like stop saying to you during grieving? They were just no. Like I'm, I'm really lucky. I've uh, had excellent, supportive people around me. There were there's there are always like some off comments that come from random people in your life that like you're just like oh okay like someone said something about 
getting over it after a year after my after my mom it was like the year mark and it's just like it's just time to get over it mm. and i'm like i don't think i'm ever gonna get over the death of my mother no like and i, I don't know like stuff like that just like <laughs> kind of make me like i don't want to talk to you right now okay bye <laughs> yeah i ask that because i don't like there is no like timeline when it comes to grief like people are go- like people are going to grieve differently also it's depending on the relationship you had with the person depending on how you like internalize these things how much like i can see him struggling with the like what's the- like when he said nothing matters he started saying this thing in the past year that was like like he'd get upset about something and then the way he would talk himself off of being upset is he would say well it doesn't matter we're all going to die anyway and i like i couldn't hear that like the- it was so I don't know. It was like such an yeah. uncomfortable thing to hear. But I'm like, if he has to say that, but I would always say to him, like, please don't say that. Like, can we can we find a different sentence to use? And then I realized after I'm like, maybe that's just something he has to say to like get over something. But I'm like, yes, we're all gonna die anyway. And I was trying to like find the right way to say, but like you're still living. Your kids are still living, like we are still living. I don't I didn't want him to spiral into this like nothing matters because we're all going to die. But then I realized like I'm just being selfish because that was making me uncomfortable. And then I started thinking about the fact that I've had so many really, really close people to me die, but like spread out over my lifetime that I'm like, maybe I've had time to practice this where like people die there's a period of like grief and then there's a period of like me moving on whilst not getting over that death if that makes sense. Like you don't get over it. And everyone has their process and processes differently. So like for Mark, yes. Did like, did you, do you still say those things because it's sort of like a deflection from what you're really feeling? Like how, how do you feel now versus when you started saying that? I don't know. I flip flop. I flip flop a lot about everything. <laughs> I I I don't I don't I don't know how to express that. I but I would use that in only in certain scenarios. Do you know what I mean? Like, like in other words like I I think you took that Amanda in a way that I wasn't really meaning like if we're going to I definitely if, did. If like gonna, I said I know it was for about example, being if we're going to talk about money or something. Yeah. I'd be like who the fuck cares? We're all just going to die anyway. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> or someone so and so is happen this thing is happening at work. Any type of like really kind of or even not really but anything somewhat, we knew that was going to eventually be insignificant. Exactly. And then I'd be like this doesn't fucking matter cuz we're all just going to we're all just going to end up 6 feet deep anyway. That type of thing. Or unless, you know, you do the cremation thing, then you might not be. You might end up on someone's mantle. Right? So, what do I do? Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, yeah. it's, I kind of perceive it similarly. But it's hard when, uh, like, the emotions, and maybe because I'm a female, <laughs> it just, I just become more emotional. And I, I actually can't talk. I can't. If I'm if I'm feeling that wave of grief, I just cry. <laughs> just yeah, I did a lot of crying. I still do, and I'm not. I'm. I never thought I was such a big fucking crier, 
But no, but it's good though. Well, Beavis and Butthead say it. You gotta cry. You gotta, let, let, get the let, sad let the out. Sad out. <laughs> I only know that, by the way, because when we first started dating, I, I mean, since we were talking about astrology earlier, I've always known myself to be, you know, the black-hearted Aquarius. Which, by the way, Aquarians are actually some of the most emotional people. We just can shelf anything that we need to at any given time. But. I always thought like, you know, I'm not emotional or whatever. But so anytime I would cry, it was like this. I don't know. Maybe it was my own cognitive dissonance. Like, this isn't me. Why am I crying? And so I've always tended to like cry in private. Like I'm not somebody. But the only person that would ever see me cry is Mark. Like once we live together in like a 700 square foot apartment, he's going to fucking see me cry. Right. And so I remember like I would get upset about something and then he would say like, it's OK, just cry. Let the sad out. And one time I was like, where did that come from? Beavis and Butthead. He was fucking comforting me with beavis and butthead but you know it worked <laughs> that show shaped us all <laughs> didn't it but so i'm listening to what you guys are saying about you know like your your viewpoint of like we're all gonna die anyway and like i said i think i was viewing that very differently because my whole thought around death is like we all know that we're here for a limited amount of time on earth we all know that the the end is death. Like we know that's coming. We know that people are going to die. I know that at some point I'm probably going to watch my parents die unless somehow I go before them. But like I know all of that and I'm not afraid of it. I don't think about it constantly. I don't worry about it. There was a period where after I had kids where the anxiety around my own death like fucking took over my life. But you know that was anxiety in other ways. (laughs) But I've always looked at it as like Yes, people are going to die. And since you know you're going to die, I want to really live, right? Like, I don't want to look at things like, who cares because you're going to die? I'm like, I care more because you're mm-hmm. going to die. And so I, I know I just sounded like your mother. I'm sorry. Mark's mother always tells him, you have to care. And I'm always telling him, you have to care. Like, you have to care about things. But it's that's my way of viewing things. And I can't really, like, push that on him. But that's how I've always looked at it. You know you're going to die. So care about everything because you only have such a like finite amount finite amount of time. Mark, you care about things. Yeah, I care about a lot of things. I think, I don't know. I don't even, I, <laughs> he does care about a lot of things. Like I care. said, it was my it was my own selfishness because that sentence would drive me nuts every time he'd say it. Well, who cares? Mm-hmm. We're all going to die. I'm like, "Ugh, stop saying that." But it only hit me like within the last couple of months. I'm like, I got to tell him to, I got to stop telling him to stop saying that because maybe that does something for him. Maybe it snaps him back into some form of reality where like he's not worrying about something that is insignificant but for the longest time I was like I can't hear that and then I realized like oh my god I'm being that annoying person no, like you're... I'm telling you what to think I'm telling you what to feel it, 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 my, my scenario I feel is just I, I feel I feel trapped a little bit I felt trapped before before my dad passed because I've got my family got my kids that I'm taking care of. But then I've also got these two old people that I'm always doing things for. So it's like, okay, this life isn't really for me right now. It's for everybody else. It's not for me. And then my dad passed. And then I was like, oh shit, this isn't going away because now I worry about everything, right? I still have all of that, okay, family, kids, all the rest of it. But now I think about Oh, no, okay, I take care of my mother. Then I got to think about what what would my father have wanted to come out of this with my mother? In other words, okay, so like, for example, 
we're going to be moving in to my mother's house. I feel... Her eyeballs are big. Yes, we'll be moving there in two months. I feel horrible about it because it's something that I feel I have to do. But my family is my family and so they're willfully, hopefully willfully, coming along for the ride. It was ride. my idea, Beavis. But deep down inside, no one really wants to do this. And everyone's mm. doing this because I'm I'm leading the charge on that. And I'm leading the charge on that because I feel like I have to. So I just feel fucking horrible and guilty every moment of the day. I'm like, am I making this right decision? Probably not for everybody. Some people might benefit. Once Some again, it was won't. my idea, Beavis. Any which way. I just, I just constantly, I'm constantly feeling guilty about it all. Mm. And then when Amanda brought it up, when it was, because it, it was her idea, I initially was like, I was put off by it. I'm like, I don't, I, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to leave my place. I don't want this. Like, I like where I live. Our kids like where I live and everything else. And then I spent the day thinking, and I was like, my father would probably be so, he would probably be really, he would, he would not want my mother to live alone. That's it. And mm-hmm. so I was like. Mm-hmm. So he would be proud of you. My dad would not want my mother to be alone. So I'm going to go. So when I Sorry. say it was my idea, I'm not I'm not trying to take credit for it. I'm not saying like, oh, I I want everyone to move in. But again, going back to the way that I view life versus like maybe some other people. I don't know. Maybe other people think the way I do. I'm not looking at like, how do I express this properly? Like when I'm doing mundane things like grocery shopping or like the endless amount of chores, okay? Like doing laundry, vacuuming, cleaning bathrooms. I don't ever view that as like, oh, this is the fucking shit I have to do so I can live my life. The way that I view this stuff, even if it's stuff I don't want to do, like who wants to fucking scrub a toilet? Let's be honest. If you want to, I mean, good for you, but I might get your head checked a little bit. Like this is not something you want to do and it's for fun. Some people do it because they're good at it and they make money from it, right? Like people who have cleaning businesses, those people fucking make a killing Mm because shit, there's always dirt all the time. I clean it, you know, I clean at 9 a.m. and by 4 p.m. there's dust like... But while I'm doing this stuff, I'm I'm not even just making this up. Really and truly, everything I do in a day is just like part of my life and part of living. And it's just like another experience. Like when I take my kids to the grocery store, I love watching them. Like they're like, can we go look at the lobsters? like in the seafood department. And I'm like, yeah, go fucking look at the lobsters. And then we end up talking about lobsters. Like everything is just something we're doing. So like moving into his mother's house when i thought of this i thought imagine all of the good things that will come for this come from this and it's just another experience like he will be less stressed on a day to day like you guys hear me all the time on the podcast like call him grumpy i can say that in a playful way he knows i don't actually believe it but like truthfully he's lived in a whole year of stress where we hardly get to hear like genuine laughs it's like stress 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 and Nobody wants to watch somebody live through life like that, right? So I was like, okay, he'll be happier. 
the kids will have this massive home. Like we've lived in a condo forever. Like I moved there. We moved there when I was pregnant with our first. So we've lived there 10 years. And don't get me wrong. I actually really love my condo. I, I don't even feel like we've outgrown it yet. It's actually like, it's very spacious. I really love it. But I'm like, now the kids get to move into this massive house where they're going to have like this huge basement rec room that we started renovating, like just after his, his dad passed two months in, we started renovating the basement, knowing we're going to be spending a lot more time at that house. So they have this massive uh, rec room. They're going to have this big, beautiful bedroom. And they're going to have a backyard for the first time in their life. Like for them, this is like a whole really exciting new experience. And they get to live with a grandparent. Like every single one of my friends that I know that's lived with a grandparent would never say anything negative about it. So for him, there's less stress. For the kids, there's like this new and exciting thing going on. So I thought the only person that would have to like really make big changes is me. And so that's why I didn't bring it up to him until I was like, okay, I can do that now. Like it took some time and I knew better than to force us to move in there and possibly destroy my relationship with my mother-in-law because we get along really, really well. But had I moved in there two months after his dad passed away when she wasn't ready for that and I wasn't ready, like nobody was ready. We would have been at each other's throats. Now we've been living kind of between both houses. We have dinner with her there at a minimum once a week. We sleep over. Like we've been around more. We can all coexist peacefully. I'm like, okay, I can see us living here now. So we're going. Okay. That's so exciting. Yes. Can you rent out your condo? We and are. have it as. We are. Oh, perfect. So another revenue stream, right? Yeah. And Mark, it's just temporary. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fine to go. So I'm fine for that. I, I just, you know, it's just honestly, even just being there is still not easy for me. Yeah. Right. Being there is not easy for me. I, I, I replay stuff constantly. Right. Even sitting in the living room on the couch where my father would normally plant himself. That's hard for me. They have a lift that they had installed a long time ago to take them up and down the stairs. And every time I look at this lift, it just fucking haunts me. The first bedroom, as soon as you go up the stairs, that's the room that he was sleep. That's the room that I, I went to at fucking two o'clock in the morning where he could barely breathe. And I called the ambulance from it. It's hard for me. Him wanting to, we joked about it at the last podcast, always wanting to go to the basement because he hadn't seen the basement for years because he wasn't mobile enough. Going down to the basement fucking haunts me. Everything just fucking haunts me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's, it's, it just sucks because it's, it's, not, it's not easy on my brain. And my brain is constantly turning. And, and I don't know, I feel like the motors are, are being overworked and the engine's starting to smoke a little bit and the, the gears are grinding and there's going to be filings from the metal gears, you know, all collecting at the bottom of the machine. I don't know. It's, it's weird. This has turned into a downer on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be like energetically, it's going to be tough for you. Um, my dad sold our house that he built in the 80s that I grew up in, uh, when I was four years old, they built it. And uh, 
we had one of those lifts, just like you're saying, for my mom the, that was put in. Um, anyways, the new owners renovated the whole thing and just, yeah, it's now, it's so weird. I like have nowhere to go when I go home. Like mm-hmm. in Niagara, I have to like ask to stay with my brother. <laughs> well, it's even weird for me too, because I'm a 48 year old man. This is my childhood home. Yeah. So then I'm also feeling like, this is the biggest fucking weirdest regression. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like all of it is just a very yeah. is just a very weird go, and uh, I don't know. Uh, I I feel like I'm holding it together pretty good, but some days are just shitty. Probably most days are shittier, but you know, work makes me happy. Good thing I was just gonna say. Good thing you have that space that you're in right now. Yeah, it does. It 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 makes me happy. I don't I don't enjoy it more than being at home, but. It, it does. It gives me it gives me something to do, which is good because I think, like I I said this on the last episode, I'm a fucking emotionally weak guy. I live in shit for a very long time, and if I didn't have a place to come here and stare at these three screens and talk to a bunch of people and teach some courses, I don't know, man. I'd be fucking a dirty mess. Let's not forget the you know thirty to forty five minute breaks for you to play your guitar. Well, that's important, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's important stuff. Yes, yeah. it is important to yeah. keep that in your routine. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Speaking of your massage therapy media yes. and work, what how's it going with that? All that stuff's good. Everything's uh everything's going well. It's been a nice uh organic growth. We haven't we haven't overly pushed a lot of things kind of very consciously because we wanted to see what that organic growth is like. And yeah, it's, it's happening. Really cool. It's happening as projected, which is good, if not better than projected. Yeah. And uh, I think the day that we decide to turn on the switch will be will be something really cool. So we haven't even flipped the switch yet properly in terms of really pushing everything out there and, and bringing tons of awareness to it, like we have with other stuff. And uh, but that was all just a conscious decision until mm-hmm. until we felt like it's. I want to see the organic growth and what can yeah. come from that way before I do anything else with it, or all of us do anything else with it. Yeah. Yeah, and have that foundation. Yeah, and the conferences we started doing. Uh, we well, we're 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 owners and organizers of the Canadian Massage Conference, along with our two other partners, and we are expanding the hell out of that. Yeah, right. That's kind of that's kind of one of my bigger goals within the next five to seven years. I'm like, if I can pack up all this other shit, because I think we've done some good work with this other stuff. So the, the you know the day that something something easier comes in not that this is hard but something my ultimate goal in life is to do nothing like to do nothing he really means like i don't understand people that retire and want to do shit i'm like i want to i want to just wake up in the morning and have no agenda no day planner no anything and i'll just go about doing whatever i want in every moment of the day that i feel like to me that's heaven right we had this conversation the other night when we were we were watching television it was last night we were watching the golden globes and you're watching all these rich and famous people who have no who are like old and still are rich and famous because they keep working and they're old even before that oh when we were watching friends we were watching it we were watching we were watching friends probably right and then i started thinking about all of these actors that that had a very very long standing tv career 10 years making a million dollars you went you went to work (laughs) for 10 years consistent as an actor and you made a shit ton of money and i'm like 
I think if I did that, I would just roll up after and just like be like, I'm done. This is good. I've I'm I've now I've made enough money to support whatever lifestyle that I want, and uh, I don't feel the need to go find another another project or another anything. In other words, I've hit the peak of I can sit back and just do nothing. <laughs> Right. And that that for me is the ultimate goal. So when I'm talking about these conference things and and then slowing down all this other stuff, because that's my goal is to do nothing. So that way I can stop doing this and stop doing that and stop doing this. And my ultimate goal is four conferences a year Four. I got to work on four different conferences a year, which, yeah, they're, they're time consuming and they take up, you know, energy and all the rest of it. But it's way less energy than teaching courses and developing courses and doing a podcast and blah 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 and tutoring and all that it's way less work so if i'm like if we can make really good coin off of these four things and we split it four ways and then we're just laughing it's like okay so i put in a grand total of four months of work for the year then i'm i'm happy with that that's as close to uh do nothing as i think i i can get in, in the next five years so that's the idea with that, but I think that's a t- that's obtainable for sure. Of course, it like is. yeah, we'll make that work. Mm-hmm. I think. So you own the conferences? How do I not know this? <laughs> How do you not know that? I don't. Li- I don't listen to your podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, that's what we were talking about well, at the, at, when we podcasters. press record. Podcasters yeah. don't listen to podcasts. Podcasters don't okay, listen so to podcasts. Why, I, I I just I, just the other day I listened to uh, the the last episode of the concast connor collins's uh, podcast and i really enjoyed his it was like a 30 something minute podcast it was great i was in the car for a long time but i don't normally listen to other people's work and it's not because i don't appreciate their work or or whatever the case is. i just don't why do you i'm gonna go around the room and i'll start with you sue why do you not listen to uh podcasts for pleasure um because i edit podcasts and that takes up a lot of time so i run nine shows and so i'm learning and listening to their episodes but that's pretty much my my bandwidth um I did listen to the one recently on um, how the government's changing the um, the uh, the maid program. Um, they're dropping the age to like twelve. Um, her name is Kelsey. She's um, and she's a veteran. Anyways, I'll listen to podcasts if it like really piques my interest. Like you said, you were listening to that one uh, the other day, mm-hmm. and it was really good. Um, but other than that, it's just. I'm I'm too busy editing. Hmm. Why don't you listen to podcasts? My reason is much less much less interesting. It's simply because if I'm not here either recording podcasts or filming video for massage therapy media or planning world domination with our conference partners, <laughs> like I am 90% of the time with children. And so yeah. either the podcasts that would interest me are not content that either is appropriate for them or that they would be interested in in whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um when I'm at home with them, now a lot of people are saying, well, aren't they doing their own thing? Yes. But like I said before, we live in a condo. So either I have earphones in all the time, which I actually don't like that. Mark will tell you, here's another, I'm going to come off as like the most naggy wife on this episode, but I hate, I hate, I will use that word. I hate 
that Small Mark though. always has headphones on. I actually never know when I'm alone in a room or not alone in a room. I just start talking to him and <laughs> like 30% of the time he hears me. Sometimes, so Sometimes nothing's playing. Exactly. No, I'm, just, I'm joking. I'm Fucking joking. <laughs> um, I'm but kidding, I'm I, don't, I don't like to have headphones in or on when I'm at home, like if the kids are there, because even if you're doing separate things, again, this is just the way that I like it, even if we're all doing separate things, I like the ability to be able to like my daughter yell something random to me. And like we have a conversation while like she might be playing her Nintendo and I might be washing dishes and we're like not in the same room even, but we can talk to each other. So I don't like wearing headphones at home. And then if we're in the car again, they're usually with me or I'm driving five minutes from home to the office. But if they're with me in the car, guess what? We're listening to fucking Taylor Swift. So no, I don't listen to podcasts. So all of my friends who are like, hey, I just got this podcast and they send me the link. Know that I'm not lying to you and I'm like, oh, it was really good. But I've probably only listened to 10 minutes because like that's right. my bandwidth. Yeah, yeah. I'll start listening to the ones that people recommend and then yes. I just like they're off. But. Yeah. There's been a couple people that in the last few years that have like sent me their link like, hey, I just started this podcast and I really feel like obligated to listen when somebody does that to me. So, um, you know, just don't. <laughs> I, 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 I'll listen to stuff. I'll, I'll listen to pieces that like w w people that I know that, that do podcasts just so I can get the flavor of what their podcast is about. Yeah. 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 Right. So, for example, when when Whitney, when Whitney Lowe started to do his podcast, I would tune into it a little bit yeah, just to get to a clips. vibe for yep. what it's about or, you know, whoever else is doing their stuff. But other than that, I, I, I just don't want, I don't want, I don't want any type of influence about over the way we do our podcast. Mm, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just don't want that uh, outside influence, whether it's intentional or unintentional. I kind of like the vibe that we have in our natural growth with how we do it. Yeah. And, and I kind of, I think there's enough influence that I get from just listening to fucking talk radio, which is the original podcast. But, uh, and I'll continue to do that because to me that's enjoyable. Um, but I don't really listen to much. <laughs> Sue put her hand up. Like, I just can't. <laughs> like, like we're in school. <laughs> This is what we do actually on my Zoom calls. Yes. Um, the podcast landscape has changed significantly. Um, we can all agree to that, right? From when we started to now. Um, how do you feel about the industry sort of branching off and like more video versus the audio? Because yeah, I'll ask, I'll ask that question and then I'll see if we're kind of in line on the same thing. Uh, okay. Well, I'll answer first since I am the least knowledgeable about podcasts and podcasters and what's going on in the landscape. Well, you don't need to be knowledgeable. Um, I, uh, no, I actually liked it better when it was primarily audio. I think we started with the intent of having a strictly audio format. And people have said to us, like, we get emails all the time, like, why aren't you guys like optimizing your YouTube? And why aren't you doing nope. video? And why can't we nope. watch the episodes? Nope. And I'm like, no, I like that we're audio. Like, I actually, so, you know, Mark was talking about talk radio. I feel like Jerry Agar has become part of our family because <laughs> makes me listen to Jerry in the morning. Jerry's but great. I actually enjoy not having anything to look at mm. like we will sometimes yes. put on we the only we'll time i clips. would listen to talk radio or podcasts is if we're like him and i are driving somewhere very very far together right. like if we have to go for a meeting in hamilton we might put something like that on and i like being able to just like listen to it and like like mindlessly or aimlessly like look out the window or like look at buildings or clouds like 
I don't I don't care for the video and I find I get really bored watching video I don't know if that's TikTok's fault but like I'll watch a video for like two minutes and I'm like ugh. but I feel like if I was just listening to someone talk for two minutes it wouldn't feel like that I don't know hmm. you guys go ahead that's how I feel about the audio and video thing I like the pure form of audio I I I'm a fan of radio so I like I like the idea of audio when it comes to doing video stuff, I mean, we do a ton of massage therapy media, and that's all video stuff. So I've, mm-hmm. I've got my fill of of creating video content, so I don't feel the need to create video content this way. And unintentionally, there in us keeping in in a pure audio format, with the exception of a couple clips that we put up there on on a video platform like Instagram, right? There's a psychology that's involved with hearing someone's voice over and over and over and over and over. And with that, you really truly feel like you get to know that person just by hearing them mm-hmm. versus seeing them. And I think I've said this before on the podcast, like you'll listen to the same morning talk show over and over and over and over and you feel like you've gotten to know the 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 host of that show like or Jerry. even the guests of that show or even like some of our listeners, like they, yeah. they come in, they're like, I feel like I know you guys. And you don't have that same sensation with people that you're seeing all the time. Like you saw Jerry Springer all the time. You saw Phil Donahue all the time. You see the person that delivers your morning news all the time. You don't necessarily feel like you know them. Do you think it's because when you're watching someone in a video, it can feel more like a performance versus just listening to a conversation? Like when you brought up Jerry Springer, I thought about the fact that, yeah, I would see Jerry Springer. I'd hear him talk. It was a talk show. Okay. I mean, maybe that's a bad example because that was okay, a little but, more performative. But you know what but I mean. But even even if you take a look at any type of uh, of of talk show where it's not just where 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 the the host is actually letting a lot out about themselves, like we can watch. You know, is it Mark and Kelly now? I don't know who the fuck is on it that show. It is Kelly and Mark. Right, Kelly and Mark. You can watch that and they're being themselves for the most part. I mean, there's performance pieces to but it. But what I'm saying is, but yes, you don't being walk away themselves. feeling like I know Kelly Ripa any better than the, you know what I mean? I don't feel like I know her. So, no. yes, they're being themselves, but because there are cameras there, I feel like subconsciously every single person is going to act slightly different, whether it's the way you're sitting, the way you're positioning yourself, the faces you're making. Like, I'm very well aware where there's a camera in my face because I probably make really weird well, faces one, when I just talk. One of the reasons why but, I use them as an example because they're a fucking married couple. Yeah. So at the end of the day, even though they're, they're both performers, they're, they're, they're a married couple and they talk about real shit as they're sitting there. No, I know. There. I'm agreeing with you. So, what I'm saying, I'm offering a possible yeah, yeah, yeah. reason why maybe because... I will say that every time we get asked to go somewhere, whether it's a conference or to um, come to an event as massage therapy media to do coverage of something, there will be people who hear my voice and they're like, is that Amanda? They had no idea what I looked like. Like, unless you follow our Instagram pages, as Mark said, you have no idea what I look like. So somebody will hear me, recognize my voice. I had two women, and I talked about this on one episode, and they both um, actually commented on the clip, but I had two women at a conference last year in Manitoba say, oh my God, you don't even know we're best friends because they listen to me all the time. But and I, I think that that happens a lot to us, actually. People feel like they really, really know us. Yes, we talk about a lot of personal stuff. So that's probably a part of it. But also, we're not performing. Like, I'm sitting here with my feet up and, like, I've got no shoes on. I'm on a couch. I'm just talking to my friends. Versus, like, if there was a camera in my face, I might be acting a little bit different. Mm. Your turn. Mm-hmm. No, and 
I agree with what you originally said too, with uh, there's something about just that audio element and not being distracted by the visual of watching that person talk into a microphone. So it's different when we're comparing it to like a Kelly Ripa and Mark show, because that's like production, like produced, whatever. Mm -hmm. But these podcasters come on Zoom like this with their microphone and want this episode here to be the video for their show. And like, I just don't see any value of me show, like sharing this video of us just talking into our microphones. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. It's not, it's not true podcasting. Podcasting, like Mark said, is from like, you know, talk radio. Like it's, it's audio. So anyways, there's just been, it's, it's just been a weird shift with, uh, and there's obviously like the AI is now involved and, uh, pulling clips and all that stuff. So like from an editor standpoint, um, and building podcasts, like we, two of them just released, we built them in the fall. They just released last week, uh, just two women starting their shows and, um, like going back to the basics, like I, I think we all agree that that's that's where we that's our happy place in podcasting. We don't need to expand to show this Zoom video to people. <laughs> yeah. I mean I, there's a there's a place for it all. Like you can get you can get all even if I'm just watching these two people on their Zoom, I mean there's stuff that you can get out of that. The same way if I go to a concert or I go to a bar and I'm watching this band play versus I buy their CD, right? I'm getting something different out of it when I slap on the headphones and I'm listening to the Foo Fighters versus when I go to the venue and I'm watching the Foo Fighters. I do prefer the listen to though. And that's just me. Then maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm in mm-hmm. love with the idea of just only audio because I get a lot out of just audio. Yeah, I guess that's right? the way you like to consume media too. Yeah, because Mark's the kind of guy, uh, we were talking about his mother's place. He, one of the first things he did when we redid Went that basement. set up my old stereo. He set up the old stereo with the Tape big fucking speakers. <laughs> and he will go down there when we're all there. Like the girls will be up in their room playing. I'll be like hanging out with his mom in the living room watching game shows because that's her favorite pastime. And he will go down to the basement and literally just sit there. Like do nothing else. Just sit there and listen to his old records. And I'm like... All right, he's having fun. Um, For me, the audio part, though, is that I can sort of like do other things like I'm still listening. So I can still be doing while listening where I don't feel like I have to because if I have to sit and watch something, I'm not going to get through it. I have other things to do. And if I have to keep pausing something or if I have to be like sort of looking, but like I'm also like peeling potatoes, like that's not fun. Yeah. And that's where your videos when you're recording techniques and what was my comment last night? I was falling asleep and I was like, don't laugh, Amanda, or something like that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. When Mark is, is video, like sharing video of modalities and things that we're learning like that's totally different and uh, thank you for doing that like but anyways podcasters aren't showing how to do joint mobs so no and like you know there's so sometimes we will put on like a joe rogan podcast or something when we're like laying in bed and yes we're like watching the video um i feel like there is a place for that but overall like podcasts at their core i think i prefer just basic audio and that's why audio quality 
is so important to all of us. I know the two of you have had this discussion before. And when we first started, Mark was like, the one thing I don't want is to have a podcast with shitty audio quality. Like it, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like I'm desperately wanting to try to go back and remaster the first half of season one because there were really really fucking good things that happened there and just the qual the audio quality just makes me cringe i'm like oh but it's also good to oh, look at how far you've yeah, come but still <laughs> like when we had steven sitting there he, steven was an acquaintance's acquaintance he's like a, a alcoholic crack addict and we had some really interesting conversation and just the quality alone i'm like i can't go back and listen to that yeah you know well then really pull pull your top three and go remaster them yeah i don't even know if i have the capability with the poor recording that it was but i i will try my best at some point you know you know that time when i just got when i wake up and i have nothing to do <laughs> yeah choose what I want to do. when you've achieved your life goal of doing nothing when you have all your millions and when, you can just when do you think podcasting is going to be an out when when do you think this whole thing is 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 done so because it's so saturated when do you think it's going to be done i don't think it's going to be anytime soon but i think like the transition to video podcasting is huge um, i'm happy for that because let everyone go over there sure yeah i don't th- i don't think it's going to go away anytime soon what about you it's weird i, I... Because we blame, I I blame TikTok for a lot of things, and I just I was just kind of playing a clip. I posted it, but like also TikTok makes me pretty. That's where well, I get all my beauty advice. I, <laughs> I just I just mean like I I posted this clip the, the other day, and we had someone sitting on the couch. I think it was Lindsay Greyer, probably. I, th- I think, and we were talking about a younger generation and the workplace and everything else. And the clip that I posted was talking about how. You guys were saying how it's not just 20-somethings that just can't get involved in a workplace that they don't want to be involved in and all the rest of it. And then my point of that was one of the reasons why I think workplaces are all so really weird now is because everybody has the need to express and has been given a green light to express all the time. And your social platform allows you to do that. And then in that clip I was saying, well, because people don't, they're not social the way they used to be. And the example I gave was like, you know, when I was younger, there were all these different sport leagues. And I think I said there was like tennis clubs and bowling leagues. And you're like, hey, I knew about bowling leagues, right? So people had all these really cool social outlets that they can go do all this stuff in. They didn't rely on their workplace to be the everything, the where I get my identity, the where I get my friends, the where I get my social interaction. And so because we are always encouraged to express ourselves and it's okay it's encouraged for you to express yourself people bring that shit to places where you probably don't need to or shouldn't be expressing yourself maybe like the workplace you see what i'm saying so i think with all of the social stuff it just gives everyone a green light but at the end of the day i also think all of this stuff where you get a green light i think it fucking creates a weird atmosphere where everyone feels like they can say anything and there's no fucking recourse to it because if you said half the shit that you're going to say online to someone in their face you get knocked out. You get into a fist fight, right? Bring back fighting. Bring back bullying. <laughs> Bring back three thirty in the parking lot. Do you know what I mean? I think Bring half. I think half oh, of this shit you probably wouldn't see happening. Everyone feeling saying whatever they want about whoever they want at any moment in time because there's no fucking consequence to it, and that consequence might be a fist in the face or a kick in the groin or whatever that is. No, twenty twenty four consequence or twenty twenty three consequences. Sorry, because I think twenty twenty four this is moving out, but twenty twenty three. 
consequences of saying whatever you want. Um, it's not that there weren't consequences, but the consequences aren't you're going to get punched in the face. The consequences you're going to get canceled. And I even think that's done, to be honest. You. That's why I said that's. I, that's why I said that's moving out too. There's no canceling. But you Fuck you started me? this rant talking about anyway. Lindsay because um, Sue a- <laughs> Sue asked you if you think that podcasts are going to be out. And you started off by saying you blame TikTok for something. So I don't know where you were going with that. Do you think podcasts are going to be out? At I'm going. I'm, I'm happy to see a lot of a lot of people's stuff move into move into a video medium, and I'm happy to see people that truly love the idea of of an audio medium stick and stay and be the ones who put the flag in the ground and like I'm still here. You came. You moved on. I'm still here. I like that idea, right? What do you think, Sue? I mean, considering that podcast editing is one of your revenue streams, do you feel like things are slowing down? Because I mean, there was a point where I felt like if you were a human being and you were breathing, you had a podcast. That's what it feels like. But no, actually, even the the market isn't saturated like YouTube yet. It's getting there. But um, I think the way we still podcast, right? Just straight up audio, good quality, send it out to all of the platforms. Um, I think that's a really good starting point for a lot of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And then they branch out and, you know, dabble in more uh, because they have uh, StreamYard, Riverside, Descript, all of these like video editing. Now they use AI and all this stuff. And so But to learn all of it and to be like, I'm going to start a podcast and do all of the elements that people are doing now, um, it's a lot. And it's a lot of work for an entrepreneur who's like building building businesses on the side too. So um, I love that traditional podcasting is a good place for people to start, even if they're just a solopreneur like me. Mm -hmm. All the video pieces allow you to try, try to grab onto a newer audience, which is yeah, fine. It gives, yeah. you, it gives you all that visibility. I, I I'm just old school. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather create this content in this traditional way and not do all of the things to try to create this this audience for us. I'd rather just drop the content, distribute it. And whoever latches onto it, they latch onto it. And if it spreads, it spreads. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. That's just me. I'm not. I'm not on a hunt to go. How many, I, I don't even look at stats anymore. I probably stopped looking at stats within the first six months of doing the podcast. I don't care how many listens. I don't care how many downloads. Right. I have an idea, and I can go look them up anytime I want to. But I really don't. It doesn't to me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter. It's not going to change the content that we're doing and the style in which we deliver it and the type of people that we bring on. And that's one reason why I'm like, I don't even care about the stats anymore. I couldn't care. Well, you called it being old school. Maybe that is the right terminology for it. But I saw something uh, recently about um, trends and it was actually referring more to like um, uh, like the way you present yourself to the world to like showcase like where you are in like a class system. So it was talking about how like like very, very, very wealthy people, they cycle through things where like every wealthy person has or does this thing because it's unattainable to everybody else. So there's like the middle class is the perfect um, example of like how these things happen. So like everybody, do you see the, uh, I don't know, Sue probably saw it. I don't know. Mark probably doesn't pay close enough attention, but have you been seeing like the obsession with these fucking Stanley cups? 
Have yes. you been seeing this? Yes. So there, it's a cup, Mark. It, that is, it's a cup. You drink water out of it, okay? okay. But it's like the new like Yeti, like for example, Yeti used to be a thing and like okay. it's or what was before that hydro flask. Like there's always something that's like this is like the cool a, way to drink water. It's a container. Water. That it's a, you, it's a that container. Water that's it. absolutely all it is. Gotcha. And the thing is the middle class people like it became it, those things become like a status symbol. Like if you have this because it's the expensive, it's the trendy thing, it's the thing everybody wants. But once everybody can have it nobody gives a shit anymore, right? Like that's how like trends kind of go through, right? Like if everybody can have it, there's nothing special about this. An example I saw somebody use on TikTok, by the way, was about um, very wealthy people. They use the Kardashians as an example, which is very fitting because I use them as examples all the time, but how the Kardashians all got rid of their BBLs once everybody and their fucking cousin was get, be able to get a BBL. It is no longer a status symbol. Now, a symbol, now they're all in Ozempic and trying to be thin, right? Like it's these things that get cycled through because, first everybody wants it but then once everybody can have it nobody cares so if we take that example with podcasting I don't necessarily know that you're old school or maybe that's what it is but you've never been a person to follow trends like you keep up with technology to a point that serves what your purpose is but you don't give a shit what this company's doing or this business is doing or this entrepreneur is doing because you have the vision the creative vision of like this is what I want for us and so for us video wouldn't be serving to us half the time I show up here in my fucking pajamas let's be honest like nobody needs to see that video is not going to serve us well. Do you remember through the pandemic, we were recording our episodes sitting in our bed. And honestly, my bedroom is not that aesthetically pleasing. Nobody needs to see that. Mm. So audio is quite good enough. We've never been the type to like, let's, let's do what all the other like people are doing to keep up, right? We just do what we do. And our tribe and our success follows by just doing what we're doing. I don't need a fucking Stanley to drink water out of. I have some like, you know, $9 plastic cup from Walmart in the other room that I was drinking water out of well, earlier. That goes with, it that, does just that's, fine. That's just general. That's just generally the idea of trends where you have, where you have like the, the innovator at the, the, the top, right? Or the, the forefront. These are the people that will that will line up for two days before the new iPhone comes out when you can just go get it a week later. You yeah. just walk into the store and get it. But these are the fuckers that are camping out of, outside of Best Buy because they want to be the first person to, to get that, right? And then you have like the, the, the like those are kind of like the early adopters. They'll, they'll take that on. And then you have the early majority. These people will kind of jump into it after they've seen like, hey, these people are doing this thing. Okay, now I'm going to be in the early majority. And then you're talking about now the late majority kicks in the late majority is like they have to see everything first to realize this is kind of cool or this is the trend and then they'll jump on it and then and once, once they jump happens, on it then nobody cares anymore. Exactly, exactly it is no longer a status symbol because everybody has it so when it comes to like the whole landscape of podcasts in my opinion it was like if you didn't have a podcast you were behind in some way, even though I wouldn't have thought that, right? If that's not part of your business model, if that didn't make sense for your business, you don't need to have a podcast. But it was like, shit, everybody has a podcast, you need to get a podcast. The people who were really good at and or passionate about and or like it made sense for their business, they've stuck around. We've seen podcasts come and just literally fizzle away because they weren't really invested in how much effort it actually takes to produce good quality. And coming up with content constantly, like people whose job is content creator i know they get mocked all the time for it not being work, work. but like it's work coming up with content on like a 24-hour basis holy crap it's a lot of work it's funny though the whole the whole the whole thing to me is funny because 
it's allowed everyone to to step into a place where they were never really allowed to before, right? If you were on a screen, it's because either you were really good looking or you were really articulate or whatever the case is. That's how you got to be on television. That's how you got to be in a movie. That's how you got to be even in a commercial. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But everyone's got the capability of putting themselves on a screen and everyone's got the capability of allowing a lot of people to see you on a screen. So it's really funny because I always loved the idea of game shows and reality TV when they were a thing that was like, it was different than it was now because that's when you got to see all the people that really were not supposed to be on television. They were on television television right you got to see that family on family feud that you're like i don't know how these people are fucking on television because television is reserved for people that are really good looking really articulate really skilled in their craft and then you end up with all these things where it and then it was really interesting to watch because it's like you know you're waiting for the train wreck or you're waiting for that moment of that was really fucking good i can't believe i just saw that but it's, it's all just a dime a dozen now so it, it loses its specialness what do i know someone one of you said it the uh average or like the average person to start a podcast quits before 10 episodes yeah is that is that the stat on that uh-huh. she would know yeah you would know way better than me why is that how many episodes are you guys at now oh man i think this is gonna be 458 marcia van weinsberg is the queen of content do you know that she i edit three episodes a week for her i'm not surprised yep. she she constant like she's consistent she puts out content it is impossible to keep up with her and be that be at that standard <laughs> well, it's a good move uh a good move. yeah no nor do i want to be but like when you're talking about coming up with content i'm like man she she does it she's good and because she's somebody that genuinely wants to do this not is doing it because either it's trendy or right. because you feel like you have to keep up with some right. invisible standard right there's a podcaster Lori. Lori Harder, she's got the uh, Earn Your Happy podcast. She has over 75 million downloads or whatever, and she's making six figures a year just through advertising in her podcast. And she's in California, and she's all swanky and whatever. But, like, her last episode was recorded in a car, like, in her car, because she was just like, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, eh? So... I'm, tell- I'm telling you that because Marsha loves podcasting so much that she just wants to be like Lori Harder and just make money off her podcast and advertising. Eventually, she'll get there. I- I've never I've never had the desire to monetize this sucker. Well, you'll be monetizing it through um, your massage therapy media, right? Like- yeah, I mean, it, it brings about it brings about revenue other ways, but not directly into the podcast because yeah. we don't we, we we've don't been advertise. approached we've been approached by people to advertise and all the rest of it, and we just I shy away from that. I'm like, oh. Because yeah. I want to be able to turn this off whenever I want to turn it off. I want to be able to say whatever I want to say without hearing it from somebody that's paying us money about something. Do you know what I mean? Like even like at uh, at the Canadian Massage Conference, one of the things that we introduced at the Canadian Massage Conference was this uh, this day of craziness, including a lecture series. Right. So so the the. the m- like most educational conferences, it was just really full of a bunch of classes. And then so people are in their classes and there's a trade show and all the rest of it. And then when we went into it with it with our partners, I was like, guys, I want this to be c- cooler than that. And they're like, what do you mean cooler than that? I'm like, let's look, let's look at every convention that people really like. And there's a certain amount of craziness that happens 
that is not possible if we only just have classes, 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 classes. What do you like about the auto show? That there's so much shit to do at any moment in time. I can walk in any part of this auto show and there's something going on that I can participate in or watch or, or, or just be there for, right? There's noise coming from everywhere. What do you like about the CanFitPro, the, the, the Canadian Fitness Professional Conference? It's a massive fucking three-day conference down at the convention center. And yes, there's scheduled classes, but there's also just absolute craziness everywhere. And I'm like, can we bring that to the Canadian yeah. Massage Conference? So one of the things that we did is we created this day where there are no classes. There are interactive demos. You can participate or just watch. And there's a lot of them that happen. And then we also have lectures that happen, like kind of these mini little TED Talks that happen. And then they're all competing with each other. They're all happening at the same time. And the idea is... I'm not stuck in one spot. If I don't like what's happening here, it's of very little interest to me. There's always something else that's going on. So we do have sponsors for these for these events. And but part of the lecture series, I did a talk at the end of the night. So I was the last talk that happened. And I swear quite a bit in my personal life, in my professional life. And you know. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. And and then I I I just spoke because I didn't have anything prepared and, and I just told my story as however I felt like telling my story. And uh, there was a couple people that got upset with the language that was Which, used. by the way, he only dropped one F-bomb and it was literally Me like too. so fast. No, I sat through that talk literally so fast. He did like a, he's like, and then I thought to myself, what are you doing, motherfucker? And like, that was the only thing, the only F-bomb or any kind of like yeah. vulgar language. And then there was a couple people that didn't sit well with. And those people went to one of the sponsors and says, I can't believe that you are sponsoring something like this with that going on on the stage. And then at that time, that sponsor got upset with this, and then they threatened to pull their sponsorship for upcoming shows. And we were like, fuck it. Who cares? I don't care. I don't want to cater to shit like that. So that's one of the reasons why I'm like, I don't even want to try to monetize this because I don't want to have to deal with that kind of stuff ever, ever. Anything that's going to step on the creative, I don't don't want that there. I'd rather the creative just to be the way it is. But Good. So that sponsor's gone now? No. The sponsor's still there. Because there's there's value in what we do. And, of course, right? And it's either you're on the train or you're off the train. And we can't uh, please everyone. And uh, never, I don't want to please everyone. I yeah, please it'll the- never happen. Exactly. Oh my god, good for you. Can I get involved somehow Absolutely. with one of your conferences? Yes. Of yes. Like he said, we've now got- that I'm legit again. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I mean, even what he was just talking about, we've got. Um, it's now free for everybody. I might be like announcing this prematurely, no, but no, whatever, I can premature. do whatever I want. But um, Friday used to be a student and educator day where if you were um, a current student at any massage college and or an educator at a massage college, you could come to Friday for free. So Friday was the day that had like um, the interactive demos, the lecture series. It's just a day that you can really actually get to network and explore and meet with people like it was it's it's a really fun day but it was always free for students and educators and we decided actually with the help of some attendees feedback just so you know if you fill out the post-conference survey we listen that there were some attendees who were like I see the value in this day but not for what I'm looking for but it was a paid ticket for everybody else so we decided let's just make Friday free for everybody Everybody. because there's no scheduled classes like if you just want to come and have a conference experience cool 
everybody can come free on Friday. If you want to attend classes, you have to pay for those days. Cool. So um, yeah, now that we're doing that, like I the thing I love about Free Friday is you don't have to necessarily be an educator. You don't have to even be, be a anybody. content creator. You can be a registered massage therapist that has something of value to share with the community and we can get you in front of that audience. Not only is Friday free for everybody, so the room is packed, we live stream the whole thing. So there are hundreds of people who couldn't make it in person watching it on Zoom. So yeah, like you want to get involved in, I mean, you can do anything, but you want to get involved. Yeah. Like right away, I'd say you want to do a lecture on free Friday. It's yours. You want to do a demo. It's yours. Yeah. Let's do it because anybody and everybody in this profession probably has something valuable that they could share, but they don't see where they fit at an education conference because they haven't created a course. They don't have, you don't have to have that. If you have something, some, you know, quick technique that you can show us in 30 minutes that somebody could say, that's cool. I'm going to incorporate that into my practice. Yeah. Come in. We'll do it. That's cool. I've never seen something like that before. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't know. So yeah. When is the next one? October 3rd to 6th. So Ontario is October and then Calgary is June, the beginning of June. So that's the other thing that we did. We, when Amanda and I joined up, we said to the the cats that were currently running the whole show were like you guys are the canadian massage conference yeah they're like yeah we're the canadian massage conference i'm like you know there's there's more places in ontario <laughs> in canada <laughs> right so if we're going to call ourselves the canadian massage conference let's be the canadian massage conference yes. so then we convince them hey okay we'll hold fall which we know to be our larger show in ontario like the greater toronto surrounding area type of thing and then we're going to move the spring show around every year so last year, the spring show was Halifax. This year, the spring show is Calgary. Next year, the spring show, again, might be East Coast again, maybe Nova Scotia or PEI or something along those lines. Or not even Canadian. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're also thinking about, because the cats that were doing the Canadian Massage Conference, they also do they also used to do the American Massage Conference, and they hadn't been to the States in quite a bit. And so we were kicking around the idea of... Going back let's, to let's, the States. Let's bring that fucker back. Yeah. Because I don't know how I'm going to get these fucking four conferences a year if we don't bring back that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So. And we got to tap into the U.S. market, right? Totally. Like- well, so many of our listeners are American. And I feel like we actually, like, I think what something ridiculous, like 40% of Tour MTs and a Mike listeners are American. Uh, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's a mid, lot. Mid 40s. And so when I th- hear that, I'm like, well, then why aren't we like going down there and offering stuff to them? Like they've been loyal to us for like six years. And the vibe in the States with the massage therapist is cool. Yeah. Right. It is. And I don't know. I've just been grateful enough to connect with so many U S entrepreneurs that were either nurses or massage therapists or whatever. Um, and, and the money down there to earn is, the money, Amanda, money. to earn is a little bit higher, I believe. Money. So let's go. <laughs> so if you had funny money, are you still doing all this work? Are you still doing all these creative things? Or are you just going to be like, fuck it. I'm going to work on my tan in Hawaii on an island that I just bought from the state of Hawaii. <laughs> uh, I'd still do things. I would definitely golf more. I was about to say you would golf, wouldn't you? <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Actually, um, this I haven't talked about yet, but I love doing it. And I started to, I created my own lip balm company because I, when, after my mom died, 
I really got into essential oils, even though when I was a massage therapist and all the doTERRA people would come and be like, you need all these oils. I'd be like, no, 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 no. And then when my mom died, I connected with this woman, Nikki, who's out in BC and she's like um, one of the head sales reps or whatever for Young Living. It's a, the same oil, basically. Mm. Um, but I started using them because it like helped to ground my body. I know that sounds really weird, but I'd be like, like every day I like dump frankincense on my head. I have this one called Abundance, Amanda, and I like rub it on my chest and it like makes my heart feel like it's tingling. It's so good. Anyways, I started making these lip balms for the golf ladies as like a fundraiser. So $2 from every $5 lip balm that I make um, goes back into the women's golf committee because I'm, uh, that's what I would do. Mar- I'm, I'm a volunteer. So I run the junior golf committee now and I'm on the women's golf committee and like Susie volunteers a lot. I guess that's what my name is in the summer. Um, but I love making these lip balms. So I really want to work on that um, project into this new year in terms of like selling it to sports teams um, for the golf community, because like our lips go through the, all the elements when we're golfing for four hours, wind, sun, heat, colds, all of it that we like need to, I, I swear to God, I was just like repairing my lips for the entire season after golf because I don't it's feel so like I've actually like gotten ready for the day or I'm complete and allowed to leave my house until I put on some sort of like lip balm. Like my if, if my lips are not dressed, I'm not ready. I know. And especially now it's winter. Yes. So like just need it more. But I was getting tired of like some of them have chemicals in it. So I only have three ingredients where it's just essential oil, beeswax and coconut oil. So that Ooh, like I'm going to buy some. Do you want some? I made my own labels. Hold on. Of course I do. So it's my favorite thing. I like make these lip balms and then I label them and it's like, I don't know. It's just like this weird new thing. She just left to go get lip balm. (laughs) (laughs) So my favorite one is the Cinnabom. Mm. I don't know if you can see my labels because of the... Uh, just be- oh yeah, okay. I can see it. That's cute. They're okay. And I have orange, I have lemon, I have mint. I played around with vanilla. I'm going to make a... uh, frankincense lavender which sounds really like hippie but i'm excited stay tuned my friends i might bring them to the massage therapy conference totally like you could have a booth you could you know what actually i'm wearing these bracelets um oh and i feel really terrible because the name of the company has just escaped me it'll come back to me but um this was a woman much like you who like just like started getting joy out of like making these bracelets they're like intention bracelets and all of like the beads mean something or what you know like I like I said I'm, I'm crispy I'm not crunchy I don't totally get it but her process is really cool because when you go to her booth so she was at the massage conference and people would think like why is there a woman who makes bracelets at the massage because it's we're working with humans and humans like this stuff and so I went to her booth and she, her process is like she just wants to see what first your eyes gravitate towards. And then she actually gets you to put them on and like, does it feel good? Does it feel heavy? Does it feel awkward? And she was like, just don't overthink it. And I was like, yeah, cool. So I just started picking up ones that were like visually catching my eye and I'd put it on and it was so crazy, Sue. Like now I'm going to sound like the crazy hippie, but <laughs> I'm like, I'd put it on and immediately I was like, nope, nope, nope. And then suddenly I ended up with these three bracelets that I was like, yeah, this yeah and if you notice i'm only wearing two because within a in a day of owning them one of them literally just fell apart and i was like maybe i wasn't supposed to have that one Mm -hmm. so now i have two or you had it for the time you were supposed to have it so whether that was an hour or 
the day. Yeah. Um, so I now, like I said, I forget the name of the company, but I'm going to find it because she was really awesome. And um, again, I it, I don't care if it's placebo. You're all going to think I'm crazy, but I swear I have better days when I wear these bracelets. So I just put them on. One of them, I think, meant like resiliency. One of them might have been, str- I can't remember, but like they all mean something. And I was just like, yep, I these were the ones that I gravitated towards. I didn't look at the meaning. I just started putting them on and then I picked my three. I should really go back and look at the cards and remember what they mean. And the one that broke, I don't know what it meant. <laughs> yeah. And they all have, they carry energy with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't sound woo woo to me, Amanda. You're speaking my language. I girl. know. I could talk to you about this. I say these things to my, because <laughs> you know what? This woman, her name is Franca. Franca, I'm so sorry that the name of your company is just uh, Alive Intentions. Thank you. Alive Intentions is the name of the company. Um, Franca went home after one night of the conference. She met Mark. She was interested by Mark. I mean, I, some of you who maybe have met him might I think, understand I this. Think we had to hug too. Yeah, yeah. she's a hugger. Um, yeah. But she was just like fascinated by him. And she said to me, I want to make him a bracelet. Like I just, I get this energy from him. None of these, I think like, like I want, she went home and specially made a bracelet that she wanted him to have. And it was so crazy because she shows up with it. She'd only met him once. She hugged him. Like they didn't really talk. She shows up with this bracelet. Sue, it was mostly black. I'm like, of course. (laughs) But anyway, I can't remember. Again, she gave him the card with like what the, the intention was. I hope it was obsidian. I gotta, I gotta go check, man. I wish I remembered what all these things meant. I'm the worst. I'm so (laughs) non-observant. So even though your, your word is money, I'm curious, would you, if, if, if money wasn't the thing that you had to worry about, would you just do all this shit for free? Would you just do it? Part of me hates the idea that I got to charge shit. Part of me wishes, like I already put, I put out content. I try to put out a lot of content. You give stuff for free all the time. Yeah. And I, it's how Sue saw me giggling while you were mobilizing my neck. But there's a big part of me that just wants to give it all away. And I know that doesn't make sense because it's, it's worth something. And I, and, and no one's giving me my groceries for free. So, but I'm not going to lie. I really would just love to say like massage therapy media. Here it is. Everyone go for it. Do you know what I mean? Hey, these courses that we do, here it is go for it. I love to just throw on my camera and deliver a two day course and not charge a fucking thing for it. I'm curious where do you guys sit on something like that? Cause for me, that's kind of like a, a, a secret wish that I can make happen. I'll let Sue go first. I just wrote about this yesterday, Mark, and I don't know. It just it feels applicable to share just based on what you said. We like to help people. We don't like to sell to people. And I feel that similar way. Um, it's always been easy for me to just help whatever it is and not have to ask for any compensation. Um, but ultimately we have to, <laughs> we can't, we can't just work for free unless we're sitting on multi-million dollars in today's world. Then I think, yeah, I think I would do a lot of, I mean, I volunteer my, my time all the time here. I would do a lot of free shit if I was a millionaire. hundred percent. I would do stuff for free. So, I mean, in an ideal world, like Sue said, I would just, in an ideal world, I will have enough passive income that I own majority of my time. Like, you know, when Mark was saying he didn't feel like he was living for him, you know, he's taking care of kids, taking care of parents. Right now, because my children are still relatively young, and I mean, even when they're teenagers, they still do need you and they need a lot of your time. But if if I didn't have to work as much as I 
have to work to make money to live. Um, I would still be doing stuff all the time, but I'd be doing stuff to help people that I already do, but I would do more. So for example, um, I really am like just drawn to like elderly people. Like I feel like there's just so many that get like, like I've just thought of this because I was with this woman yesterday and I, I like that I can call Mark and tell him that I like offered to do something for her and he's not going to be like, why would you do that? Because he understands. Like I just felt like I wanted to help her. But there have been three elderly women that have lived in our condo building that at one time or another, I've just sort of like taken on a responsibility to help them with something small because it's something I could do and wasn't going to take up a lot of my time, my energy or whatever. There was a woman who lived a few floors above us. She has since had to move into... Um, like a, a long-term care facility because she was completely by herself. But she knew she could call me if anything. So one day she called me. She had actually fallen. She couldn't get up. She needed me to come help her. Um, she injured her shoulder one time and I'd go up to her apartment and I would help her and I would do like some massage for her, give her some little exercises to do at home. She'd pay me $20. It was the sweetest thing. I tried once to like say no to the $20, but no, it was just better for both of us if I took her $20. But I would go and help her with things. Sometimes I just call, check on her, make sure she was okay. There's a woman that lives across the hall from us. Um, I've noticed in recent years that uh, she does have dementia. Um, and I've noticed in recent years that she's, you know, there's been a couple times I interact with her and she's acting kind of different than I know her to be. So I happened to run into her daughter in the parking garage and I was like, can I please have your phone number? Like, I just because I always see her and I just want to make sure she's okay. So like, if I see something strange, at least now I know who I can call and get her over here really quick. And so like, mm -hmm. I communicate with her daughter, it doesn't take up any of my time or energy. But her daughter also knows she can text me and be like, Hey, have you heard from my mom? Like if she hasn't or, you know, whatever. And then yesterday I was, um, there's a woman that I'm, she's 87 and I'm renting her parking space currently. And I had to go break the news to her that I'm moving and I no longer need her parking space. And the biggest concern she had with the whole thing was that she was going to have to find a new renter and I was like I'll find you a new renter I'll create the notice for you I'll put it up on the notice board I will even you know I'll find somebody for you and she was like yeah. will you really like I I would really really appreciate if you could just find somebody to rent I said yes I will find a renter for you like so I think if I didn't have to work all the time I would look into ways that I can help like you know, senior citizens who don't have people around them helping them. I did this when I was younger. I volunteered at a, a stroke rehab group for seniors. It took me, you know, two hours a week that I would go there and like do some exercises with them. That was oh, fun. I love that about you. I like old people, I think. <laughs> it's just generally, I don't think people understand just the idea of providing value. Mm. Provide value mm. and it comes back to you and it'll come back to you with money. Right. So we have a whole bunch of people that, you know, we'll contact them and we'll say, hey, like we're doing this thing. Do you want to be involved? First words out of their mouth are how, how much, much does am I getting it pay? Paid? Yeah. I'm like, well, it's it, it, you're going to get in front of an audience that you don't have. Let's just say it like that. And and if you can't leverage that, then I, I don't know what to say to you, because the exposure in my mind for a lot of these things is well worth it well beyond whatever you think that you should get paid for this thing yeah and a lot of times this does turn into a paid opportunity like that's oh, what blows my mind it does. is that 
people say no to like not getting, you know, a couple hundred dollars to do something right now, where like if they just did it, they could potentially get a contract that's worth, you know, thousands of dollars. Oh my gosh. Like referrals, like, like you just said, it could come down the pipe like later on, but like, that's legit how I've made all of my money is yeah. referrals. And it comes back later just through connection. And yeah. no one, I, I, I shouldn't say no one. I just, I, I have, I have a difficult time finding a lot of people that, that, that can wrap their head around that. Like I've got a, I've got a bunch of associations across Canada saying, Hey, can you, will you come teach? I'm like, sure. I'll come teach. They're like, okay, well, what, what do you expect to get paid for this? And I'm like, I, I'll do you one better. Don't pay me a fucking dime. Let's do this. You're going to pay for my accommodations anyway. I got a great idea. Fly the rest of my team out there. And instead of you paying me a couple grand to teach teach for the day, fly us out there, put us in rooms, give us a booth. Because that couple grand is is neither here nor there. And that's going to be, that's gone fast, right? But the amount of of exposure that we're going to get, the networking we'll get out of that, the advertising and marketing we get out of something like that, that's way better than getting this two grand worth of, worth of cash yeah. in my pocket, right? People just don't get it. Like, I tried to explain this to somebody. I'm like, you know all these TED Talks that you love so much to, to listen to and watch? You know how much those cats get paid? Zero. They get paid nothing, nothing, yeah, nothing, because they recognize the value of doing an event like that and yeah. how it comes back tenfold. The ripple effect is huge. Well, we got um, we got invited to come to a conference last year, and actually, the podcast we recorded right before you was somebody we met at this event, and it was something similar where we basically like bartered for services, but out of that event, we were invited to other things. We got this cool new podcast guest. She is now going to be renting Con Ed to teach her courses. So we're getting like a new course come through this space that never would have been here. So new people, like all of these things, like you said, tenfold came out of us just accepting an invitation. And even the organizers of the event kept saying, we feel like we're taking advantage of you guys because they weren't paying us what they would have expected to pay. Cause we said, like Mark said, don't pay us this amount. Instead, let us bring our whole crew, give us some, sp- like, let us do these things and mm-hmm. you don't have to pay us to like host your event. And they were like, uh, "What? I don't know how many times uh, the organizer came to me and said, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm taking advantage of you.' <laughs> I'm like, "No, I offered this because so many good things came out of us just being present at that event." Yeah, one hundred percent. And you're setting a new president. Yeah, I never really thought of that, but yeah, bartering is back, baby. I'm a fan. <laughs> yes. Have you heard of that business, Barter It? No. No, but I should. Yeah, uh, check them out on Instagram. It's uh, you know come out of everything we've endured in the last couple of years, but it looks pretty legit. Well, I've heard of um, buy nothing groups. Have you heard of those? Yeah, like they're like neighborhood groups where like, if you have something, let's say you have like an extra like espresso machine that you don't want, you can put it up in this group. But let's say at the same time, you're looking for a mini fridge. Well, you Mm -hmm. can go get the mini fridge and somebody else can get the espresso machine and you're recycling and buying nothing, Mm. but everybody's getting what they need. So I love that concept too. Yeah. I've done that with the abs clothes. There's so many mothers that 
can't afford to even buy their children clothing. Yeah, I'm like the hugest fan of hand-me-downs for my youngest daughter. She knows this, so I don't even have to like hide the fact from her. She doesn't feel, you know, ripped off or any in any way. But literally, I can probably count on one hand the number of new things I've bought for her. One, her older sister was born an adult, so she keeps all of her stuff in pristine condition. So she gets everything from Big Sis. Then she's got older cousins. Then, you know, Mark's got friends with older kids who always want to give us stuff, which I love. But like, let's be honest, those kids, your friends' kids, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. They're not growing much more. And our oldest has already gotten as big as them. So like now they give everything. So my littlest kid, I've never had to buy her new stuff. Like I love when people are like, hey, I've got like extra jackets. Do you guys need any? I'm like, send them my way. I will use what I need and I will redonate the rest. And I find, like you said, I f- there's always somebody who could use something. I would much yeah. rather, I'd much rather do that. Instead of giving it to Goodwill. Yeah. Although that's going to, you know, others, but still money is transferring there. But So Sue, I know we've talked about everything today, which I love, you know, all the things and that's what's great about having you here and that's probably why we didn't use the last episode so we went on way too many tangents but i think there's some usable and relatable stuff here so here. this is gonna this Might is get gonna go my, out uh, cry fast no i'm just kidding no i gotta I'll keep, keep that, that in I keep that. um waterworks we just recently watched the Barbie movie. I don't know if you've watched it, I Sue, but we just recently watched it and I want I wanted Mark to see, but it, it just when he said might get rid of my cry fest, there's a scene near the end where uh, Ryan Gosling is crying and he's kind of hiding his face and Margot Robbie's like, it's okay, cry. I cried too. It feels amazing. And he says something along the line. He's like, I'm a liberated man. I know crying's not weak. Like, <laughs> it's just so great. Um, anyway, there's a lot of really good shit in here. Uh, but... The main reason we wanted to have you back here is because there is a good chance you are coming back to massage. And I love the fact that you asked to be part of the conference. I want to get you back into our inner circle. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to podcast with us all the time. But like, I I miss the days where we had you like doing stuff with us. You know, you did the Mm -hmm. charity conference with us. We had some podcasts with you. Like, we need to get you back into our inner circle and into the massage community as a whole if you want to come back with us. Yeah, I uh, I would love it. And I think I kind of need you guys to help me <laughs> integrate back into massage therapy world because it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. But thanks for, you know, being, yeah, uh, I feel like we got like an exclusive, like thanks for uh, allowing us to be the first people to find out that Suru is making her way back into massage therapy one step at a time. Yeah, and I guess uh, I should reinstate my insurance then, right? You yeah, should do that. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll hop to it. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I could talk to you guys for hours and hours, so hopefully I'll see you in person soon. Right on. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.